Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Mr. Benny Mathers, how are you? I'm doing very well. Hello. You got everyone Hello. on right now. Everyone's here. I know. I know. I love it. Wow. You know, we're almost to October. What? What? What happened to September and August? Yeah, blink of an eye, right? And the harvest supermoon, right? I know. It's so amazing. Yeah, big, huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been getting kind of long toothed or a little hairy? Already, already am. (laughs) Already am. So. Yeah, we got a great big, huge full moon in Aries coming up. I'm going to do a little astrology check in before I bring in my guest. We'll talk about it. But. Yeah, it's raining here in Seattle this morning, and the leaves are turning color, and I actually love autumn. I think it's really beautiful here in the great Pacific Northwest, and um, my heart goes out to Bigfoot. No, I'm just being silly. <laughs> he is the hide-and-seek champion, you know. He is. With the ch- the change of leaves, I don't know how he's doing out there. Anyway, it's just a joke. I had a big long talk with someone about Sasquatch and Bigfoot the other day, and it's still stuck in my head. So anyway, I'm just being silly. I think it's great. Anyway, yeah, I do too. Anyway, I'm Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 28 years. And uh, you can find out about me at ReikiOasis.com. And of course, I do in-person and Zoom sessions, all kinds of sessions coming up. Reiki 2 class is going to be Saturday, October 14th. My monthly class for women, the Temple of the Divine Feminine. Oh, wow. Did we have a wonderful time last Saturday? Beautiful group of women. We uh, celebrated the autumn equinox, did all kinds of healing work on each other in the world and, and the earth that's on its way here that we are a part of. So you can join me every month this next month. It will be October 21st. And then this is my last shout out for the trip to Egypt. I do take a sacred group of travelers to Egypt, November 1st through the 14th. I saw that. I saw that on your face, Lillian. And um, (laughs) I do have room for maybe one or two more, but this is a sacred trip. And anybody that's traveled with me knows that yeah, this is going to be powerful. It's fun. And a lot of my uh, co-works, uh, peers, friends are also traveling to Egypt this autumn. And whenever that happens, there's something going on. So we're all kind of laying the groundwork for the next group that comes through. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going on on planet Earth. I'm excited about what's going on in our consciousness And um, I'm just going to slide into a quick astrology report. So Aries, 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 fire, fire, fire of transformation, right? Autumn equinox, the time of harvesting, of releasing naturally. You know, the leaves have done all their work and now they're falling and the apples are, we're all gathering the apples up. And I don't know, it's, it, it always feels joyful to me. Like the leaves are finally setting themselves free. They're like, ah. We're going to fly through the air and then we're going to get go intro in inside and then we're going to get ready for everything. But anyway, yes, we've got a great big, huge Aries full moon lighting up the sky on September 29th, bringing us a full circle from where we started back in March at the spring solstice because we started out with Aries eclipses at zero degrees Aries. We went all the way through the month of Aries to 29 degrees Aries, had another eclipse. Then we had Chiron moving into Aries, trying to heal the wounded part of ourself. Then we got the North nodes in Aries. 
ah, and now we got more Aries, an Aries full moon. So if we, if you cast your mind back, if you just take a moment, especially if you journal, which I highly recommend, go back. What was happening in March of this year, right? We had a new moon followed by a new moon solar eclipse. This is big stuff. And the intentions that you said at that time or the themes that started to come up into your life are now in full bloom and you've had a journey with them. So how have you done? What'd you grow? Did you take a look at it? Did you love on yourself and other people? Did you, did you cry? Did you evaluate your relationships? What have you been doing? So this Aries full moon that we've got coming up like <laughs> tomorrow is one of the most magical of the year. It holds strong, creative energy. It's going to allow us to birth our ideas out into the world, not just conceive them, birth them. And it wants to release all that is toxic in our being. Anybody that does their own internal alchemical work or they work with others realize that sometimes you have things inside you that are filling up spaces then and you need to clear that out in order to make room for the new to come in so there's always this movement of things out and then the bringing in consciously right so the aries full moon is also special because it is the last full moon before eclipse season begins making it extra at thinning the veil and bringing us deep subconscious thought patterns up to the surface. There's a very strong entrepreneurial flow that comes when Aries energy is strong, entrepreneurial. So if you've been wanting to step out, you know, Aries is sometimes get a bad reputation as being a child, but my goodness, we need sometimes that courage, that childlike wonder, that fool from the tarot card right yeah i i'm just gonna do it i'll I, I don't know i'll be fine i don't know how i know i just do so the energies under the aries full moon can be fiery they can be headstrong they can encourage us to be bold we might feel a boost of confidence we might be willing to take a greater risk to get to that outcome and of course, there is that other side to this fiery energy, which can be anger, outbursts, aggression. I call it reaction, mule kicking. We used to have an old mule named Bridie Murphy. <laughs> Always try to kick, kick her way out of the stall, right? And there might be frustration. So if we have something bubbling, we might find ourselves triggered under this full moon i do hope you have a lot of little tools to help yourself when you get triggered uh, my guest today i know i was going to talk about some really wonderful things that are going to help you through this time but sometimes you just need to take a breath just step back just just it's okay found myself saying that a lot the last few weeks it's all right let's just take a breath and calm down let's just kind of take a look at what's really happening here remember you are not a victim. You are very powerful. And sometimes it just takes, mm, it just takes a little bit of something. Maybe you need a kind word from someone, right? So Chiron, the asteroid for the wounded healers, very active, shining on the areas of our life that need to be healed. And so be mindful that there are many healthy outlets. By the way, Aries energy is very body oriented. It's very head oriented. 
One of the best things that you can do is dance, jump up and down, do jumping jacks, go for a walk. Yeah, yeah. Lillian's good. Talk to us about that. But you you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, Loretta, oh, I'm a, like a crazy woman. I need to meditate more. And I'm like, no, you don't. You need to go and dance and jump up and down and roll in the yard like a, like a dog and howl and get it out, right? Express it, you know, paint, big, bold, whatever, play the piano, like do some of that heavy duty Rachmaninoff, get it out, right? So like I said, our emotions are probably already heightened. This has been a crazy week. My clients are all over the board. And I want to remind you that the Aries North Node also has Libra in the South Node, and it's trying to create balance, balance, balance. How can it be a win situation? This is the question for the next 18 to 20 months. How can I win and you win? It isn't about me winning or you winning. It's about a compromise or a balance that can get me what I want because I need to take care of me, but without trampling over the top of you, right? Or letting you trample over the top of me. So challenging times. Aries is going to rule over the eclipse energies all the way into 2024. We have eclipses in Aries season again next year. And so, honestly, this is the last regular, if you want to call it that, Aries full moon until 2025. So eclipses are times of great change. So this is the personal, personal energy. And if you're interested in tracking the eclipse cycles in your life, write down your themes that are prevalent. They're going to give you clues as to what's coming up and what it is, what direction you need to go in. I, I, I want to bring my guest in, but I just want to say this. I'm it's kind of a, a blanket statement, you know, because I work with so many people and we do so much work, uh, healing work. If you have been hanging on to something or you feel like something's been kind of sticky, like some old behavior, like procrastination or oh, I just keep dating the same guy, Loretta. I don't know. I just keep trying. It's just the same guy. Right. Or no matter what I do, my money is leaking. This is the perfect time to really take a look at those old patterns and and change them. This energy wants us to stand up a little taller, you know, to reach down in and be who we're really meant to be. Figuring out how to allow yourself to be who you're meant to be, I think, is the greatest gift you can give yourself and the world and probably the biggest challenge because everybody around you is trying to press you into some mold that they think you should be. So there it is. Yeah, there it is. So that's uh, that's my big long intro. Um, I want to bring on my beautiful guest, Lillian Fortna, has been wait waiting patiently. What a lovely woman. I already have her magical energy all around. And Lillian, my goodness, your book blew me away. You've lived 85 lifetimes in one lifetime. And um, I'm just going to intro you like this, and then you're going to tell us a lot about yourself. Lillian's unusual and harsh childhood allowed her to peer into and learn from realms that human senses often can't perceive. Mainly through her ability to see and interpret the signs placed on her path. Hmm. She now shares the keys to these signs in her new book, Winks from Above, opening up to signs and synchronicities through to receive little miracles each day. Lillian Fortna has been a professional dancer, 
a European fashion model, a fashion consultant, an Amazon rainforest explorer, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, an energy healer, a consciousness explorer, an artist, a multiple best-selling author, award-winning. We'll talk more about that. She was born in Hanoi, Vietnam. She is French Vietnamese. She has a degree in English literature from the University of Maryland. She's fluent in French and English, probably other languages. And over the years, Lillian has helped women feel more confident about themselves. And during the last 14 plus years, she has used energy healing to continue helping men and women face and work through difficult physical and emotional situations. Wow, Lillian, it's honored to have you on my show. Thank you for being I'm here. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank <laughs> you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to have you. Um, so we sort of began the show before we even began. I felt like fairies showed up and all kinds of uh, beings that help you. Uh, but I'd like to go back a little bit. I, I really do want to lay a, a foundation for your marvelous work and, and uh, your life, which is exemplary in so many ways. Um, if you could go back and and tell us a bit about your childhood and about the incidents around that, because I think it's important. Yeah. Yes, I think it is a very important because I'm not the only one who had a difficult childhood. And many, many people out there go through that and will suffer throughout their lives. And they don't even know that they suffer because of their childhood, let's say. There are so many barbs that came their way that uh, they are molded in a way that uh, is rather negative. But it doesn't have to be that way. For me, I had the luck to live on, in a house right by the beach. And on the other side was the forest. I was not allowed to talk or interact with other children except in school, of course, but oftentimes I was kept in the dining hall because I was not allowed to play for whatever reasons. So um, I was a very lonely child, but I had nature. <laughs> and nature gave me so much of what I needed. I talked to trees, I talked to animals, I talked to anything because I couldn't talk to anybody. And I would receive an answer. And I never questioned how I received an answer. It might be a feeling I receive. It might be a little signs and indication. It might be a voice, but not through my physical senses, but I could hear what the advice I was given. So um, I felt very lucky in many ways. But of course, I was missing a large part of what other children do have, which is love. I didn't have that. I was beaten. Um, I was not allowed to eat sometimes or even drink when it was very hot. So, well, you know, you become resourceful. All of us have that. There was the beach and lots of rocks. And in the rocks, there were lots of mussels and other things to eat. They can be eaten raw and at the time there was no pollution so I had my little knife and I would feel myself and there was a tap somewhere in the garden so I would go and drink a lot and I was just fine <laughs> of course in winter it was a bit more difficult but altogether it was fine or sometimes uh the crows and a crow is my animal spirit I didn't know at the time 
but I could hear them and they would they would be above the beach going in one direction. I knew that there were there was some food, fish or squids maybe that washed on the shore. So I would run down and um Yes, indeed. Uh, sometimes there were several uh, squids that just washed. So I would run. There were a few of the birds flying away, but I would grab a couple and run back home. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everything was fresh because it just came from, from the sea. So mm -hmm. um, I, I received so much from, from my surrounding. Or um, I remember a period during which I was bullied. There was... Um, a dog. He was actually the priest of uh, the village dog who came to get me in the morning. He would bark at the gate. How did he know the time? Hmm. I didn't question that when I was a child. It was normal. But later on, I said, and then he would accompany me, not play. He would just trot beside me, take me to school, we would go through the forest. And, and then on the way um, after school, he was at the gate waiting for me. Oh. And then he would take me back. Uh, so I remember that. I don't know how long it lasted, but enough that it's very vivid still in my mind. Um, it was so adorable. And I, I didn't feel that alone then, and the bullies did not say anything when the dog was with me, so that was great. And there were so many, so many other instances of animals who came to help me in many ways. So they were sent, I believe, by my either my guardian angel or my guides. You know, they can't come as a person, but a child and an animal, they always feel good together. So that was that's what was sent to me. Or there was a dog when I was alone on the beach would come and play with me. And when I was tired, sometimes he would lay down and I could lay my head on his tummy between his legs. And I felt like, you know, that was the closest I felt from affection. So I felt very warm and comfortable. It was just very nice. So, yeah, uh, it was a difficult time. Yeah. And yeah. at the time, I could not judge or anything because you do suffer from what, from the differences you know. I did not know how families live. There were no TV right. or never watched anything like that. Uh, and before I was able to read, I did not know. Uh, so you, you don't suffer as much. I started suffering when I could compare myself to other kids and say, why don't I have a mother? Why don't I have a father? Why can't I eat normal food? Why, you know, <laughs> all these things would come to my mind. But um, when I'm at nine, at age nine, I went to a boarding school and my life changed, of course. It was had very good food, very good everything, very good education, but um, I needed to be alone. I was not used to be with so many kids. It was very, very difficult. And when I, but when I talked with them, I discovered everything I hadn't had. And that was very difficult when I was a teenager, of course. Why don't I have a mother or an aunt or a grandmother I can talk with? You know, ask questions that you do ask at that age. Uh, so it became difficult and I became extremely angry. Mm -hmm. And I had hatred towards the people who uh, did, you know, bad things to me. Uh, it was not healthy, but that was about the only way I could 
react, but and nobody could tell because I, I had learned to show face. That was oh, <laughs> but nobody could tell I was angry. And it went on and off throughout my life, even my adult life. I would push it away and say, ah, depressed. I'm too strong to be depressed. That's for sissies. You know, I would just discard that, which was ridiculous. But that's all I could do at the time until I had a real depression. I mean, I, I, I could give in. I surrendered. And I was hospitalized for about three months. Uh, and that was the best thing that could have happened to me because suddenly I was back with the inner child that so was facing the little girl, the hurt little girl, and I could hug her. And suddenly I could see what happened when I was a child. And it really helped me, not fully, but it helped me. So I've started to forgive <laughs> the people who hurt me because why you know by that time my grandmother was gone why why do I have to be hurt by somebody who died you know who's not here anymore and I had to do that for myself so started to forgive but then more recently after the surgery the all the difficulties I had uh, physically and was uh, all cleared I started to think differently about the book. And as I was writing the book, there was something else that came, you know, about anger, uh, forgiveness. I felt there was something else missing for me. Yeah. And I realized forgiveness is one thing. One step further is to thank the people. And it was not easy. <laughs> Not easy because each time I would, <laughs> and I would no. no, yes, uh, uh, you know, it was a big fight between parts of me. But suddenly I was there, and that day, the day I realized that, yeah, I forgive you. I felt free because um, yeah. to forgive is to realize, in my case, that was what was given to me by them was actually stepping stones, stepping stones to ascend because I still have things to do if I don't want to come back over and over and over. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm an old soul, but I still have some things to address. And I believe it was my choice to come back the way I did so why should I blame anybody? You see, I needed certain things to help me reopen certain parts of me that were not and to, to ascend, you know, to, to go up and go up and go up, to come closer to where, to the day I will not have to come back. Yes. So that's how I see things. And, uh, it makes me happy. My father now is part of my <clears throat> um, spirit guides. He came a couple of times. I said, need help here. And suddenly I heard his voice and I'm, oh my God, you see. My mother, I, I did not know her well because I left her when I was 15 months old when they sent me. I saw her for the first time again when I was 48. 
throughout my life, I thought she had died. So I never developed a warm feeling for her. Not that I was angry at her. It's just that there is a phase, I suppose, when you're a child, where you bond, and that was gone. And I, you know, I could... I could be kind to her, I could see her and appreciate all the qualities and the beauty she had, but um, there was no closeness. So we never hugged uh, when we were adults, but sometimes I do travel. I get out of body, I do travel mm -hmm. and I saw her and it was very pleasant and she hugged me. And I was, oh my oh. God. My that goodness. Was, yeah. There are things like that you do experience that are sometimes a little bit strange. Um, but it's something that I needed because I never felt it. I did, oh my God, that's wonderful. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And my dad came. Um, I was I was going, um, I was having a CAT scan for the surgery I had. I still have one more year to go every year I have to have a test. And this time for whatever reason, I was, you know, in the tube for over an hour and I started to panic. I started, normally I have a routine, for your listener here, that might be useful. When I have to have a CAT scan or an MRI and you push into the tube, for many people it's very scary. So what I usually do, and it works, unless it lasts over an hour, <laughs> um, huh. I close my eyes and I'm determined never to open them until the end. And then I start to feel the, the, the warmth on me and I say, oh, the sun. Ooh. Oh, I'm laying on a boat deck. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, the sky is blue. Oh, I can see birds flying. And then suddenly you hear, oh. You know, you hear that. And it, I said, oh, we're starting. We're starting. <laughs> and then I, I look with my mind eye. I look and say, oh, bye-bye, Hawaii. Bye-bye. So I see, the, I see <laughs> the island disappear. And you know what? One time they had to wake me up. I was so, I was so comfortable. Oh. I fell asleep. So that's, that's a trick that anybody can try. You have to use our imagination. And that helped me tremendously because I don't, I never met somebody who gladly goes into, yeah, I'm going into the two. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good trick. But this time I was starting to panic. My heart was pounding and I was starting to feel very tense. And I was holding the, you know, you have a, a ringer, a bell. And I said, no, because they'll put you back in for, you know, another time. So no yeah. way. So I said, I need help here. You know, talk to my guides. And then suddenly, whoom, I felt surrounded by warmth. And I knew it was the, the um Archangel Michael, because he's there oftentimes when I need help. I could feel like the wings. And it felt so good. And then I heard Bama Bofi. That's, oh, really, you know, that, that, something like that, but that's in French. And that was the voice of my dad. And I'm, what are you doing here? And I found out he's one of my guardians. So he was there to help. So 
that's another thing for listeners to remember we are never alone and when we know how to get in touch or how to contact our guides and we feel very confident with that then we do get help even in something like you're going through a cat scan you know anything could be something big it could be something smaller but it is right there for for you for me for everyone I love your story so much. It's rich, Lillian. There's so much in everything that you said, and it's a true journey. It's a true journey. Um, there's so many parts of it I want to I want to touch on. Um, uh, we're going to take a station break, and then we're going to come back. I I want to pull out a few things from your story when we come back, and then I also definitely want to talk about the signs and synchronicities because. Um, and I just got to say this, everything you're saying is like, I feel like a mirror reflection at some level going, my message to people forever has been, you're not alone. Look at the signs and synchronicities. You've got guides, you've got dearly beloved departed loved ones or uh, messy ones that have decided to help you, <laughs> whatever the deal it is, but we can live this life in a very, very different way. And the connectedness to all it is, I don't know how you exist without that. I don't have a clue since I'm immersed in that. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a little station break. Um, I'm loving my guest today, Lillian Fortna. Her book, Winks from Above. I love that. Opening up to signs and synchronicities to receive little miracles each day. Get the book. Just go order it right now. You guys know where to get it. You know, Amazon usually. <laughs> And here in Seattle, you could order it and get it probably later this afternoon. That's how we work here. <laughs> so we're going to take a little station break. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. It's time that you are heard. And I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Saving Great Animals, a Seattle-based dog rescue organization, matches families with dogs that are the best fit. Dogs that come from overcrowded animal control shelters, from abandonment or neglect. The key to Saving Great Animals' success is a trial adoption program, including training and counsel as needed. This way, you know you have the right dog before the adoption is final. Saving Great Animals relies solely on donations, so please visit Saving Great Animals animals.org today. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show uh, with my guest Lillian Fortna, author of Winks from Above. I want to remind everybody that these shows are available 
at the KKNW 1150 AM archives for the original Loretta Brown show. You can go back and download the show, listen to it over and over, take notes. And of course, there's years and years of radio shows you can go listen to. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, Megaphone, Twitter, YouTube. I'm sure I left somebody out, but we're all over the place. So please go check it out and also uh, check out Lillian Fortna. Um, during the break, we were talking a little bit, and I really want to pull this out for the listening audience, too, about this forgiveness. Um, in her book, uh, Lillian's book is written in three parts. So the first part really tells the history of her life. And it was a very difficult childhood. But like she says, she wanted to tell the story and not overemphasize it, but it, it's important but when we get to this point of forgiveness, Lillian, and you were talking about that during the break, just pull that to the forefront so the listening audience can hear what you were saying about that. Oh, about forgiveness, yes. I realized that I sort of forgave, you know, I could think about my past and not feel, you know, the anger I did feel back then, but there was still something missing. I really needed to forgive truly and by doing that, I had to understand how. And how was first to understand the people who hurt me. Why were they hurting me? Because it was not probably that they were trying to hurt me, but because in them they had something so painful that it made them react the way they did. So that, that's the way I felt. And... I tried to go beyond what I knew about my father and my grandmother. And I knew, I found out my grandmother could have been just a nice, she was highly educated for, you know, that time she went to the university it's early, early in the 1900. So she was very, very interested, well, well read, but she was depressed. But at the time, nobody would say that word. Nobody would give medication. And had she received what she needed, she probably would have been a very nice person. But she was living by herself, no money, uh, because of her behavior. People didn't like her. I mean, there were so many things that were against her because of her behavior, but nobody knew how to change that at the time. Right. Right. And um, my father, I think, and I truly believe now that he loved me, but he was very puzzled on how to handle me because I was very, very different from him. I was thinking, etc. So he was totally puzzled by, by the whole thing and it made him react the way he did. So by knowing all that, I said, okay, well, it was not towards me per se, you know. It was their problem, really. And I happened to be right there across the path. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, and then I started to ask me, and what, what happened? What, what, how can I phrase that? What happened with them? What is that trying to tell me? So that's when I started thinking, well, we do choose with whom we're going to be when we come back, because we still have the task to finish. And yeah. the unfinished business, 
it has to be done. So I chose to come back. So why should I blame people I chose to be with? So et cetera, et cetera. So it, it took a while. It's not done in just one day. Right. It's one meditation after the other, after the other. And like you were saying at some point about dancing, moving, yeah. I dance before I meditate because <laughs> and sometimes you wake up, you're so... <clears throat> So I just dance and give the beast and then and then I stop and oh, you know the whole body is oh, and you feel so good and what was I angry about? <laughs> you know, I, I'm you giggling know. because you, you hit on one of my go-tos. So when I'm all frustrated and jammed up or I get up in the middle of the night, I dance in the dark. And or I play my digital piano very loudly with my headphones on. <laughs> I just go for it. I really pound, and it works for me. <laughs> yeah, I love to. I used to do body combat, so I use a yeah. lot of because you kick and you you kick with your legs and a punching and, bag and in the you know a punching bag in the garage is a really great thing. Just go. No, I go outside. <laughs> Well, I'm away from the street, but still, if neighbors saw me, well, so be it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then afterwards, yeah. And and I want, yeah, and I want to say this too, you know, getting to the point of forgiveness and then beyond is a real journey. And it, it, it until you're at that point, I'm going to say something, and until you're at that point, what I'm going to say will sound possibly. Um, not compassionate or something. But when you get to the point where you realize that everything has happened has molded you into who you are, you would not be who you are, and possibly not have developed that incredible connection with the divine and spirit and earth and the, all that is, if you had not been forced into that. And it, like I said, it, it's a, it's a big statement that I think we get to at some point on the journey, but it does set us free. It does set us free, but it is yeah. very difficult. And unfortunately, some people maybe are not strong enough yet to go through that. It might be another stage, but for those who really decide that it's worth it, you need a bit of patience because it doesn't come overnight. And you have to face yourself, realize what the other people uh, who hurt you were going through, the two together. And it's, it's, a, it's a process that will take several weeks, if not several, mo several months, I would say. Right. But once you're there, it's, oh, my God. And what happened is that suddenly all the silver linings that I had through my childhood I could not see necessarily because what I would see when I thought of one episode was the fear, the, the anger, the, I could feel all that, but I couldn't see the beauty around because there were a lot of beautiful times. Once I started to work on that, suddenly I said, oh, at about the same time, all oh, this happened. Oh my God, that was so fantastic. And I had forgotten that. You see? So yeah, so your book is full of signs and synchronicities that began, and, and I want to uh, 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 pull out a point for the listening audience. You were born in Hanoi, and when you were 15 months old, you were sent 
to go live with your grandmother in France, which is where a lot of things happen. But I want to begin right there with that airplane trip, because we're talking about signs, synchronicities, and these things. I always say you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so let's just begin right there, because you, you've got so many stories of signs and synchronicities, but start you kind of start right out the shoot with it. Well, that's yeah. the furthest I can remember. And <laughs> I realized that, you know, uh, because people talked about it, of course. Um, yeah, when I was 15 months old, my parents decided to send me to France to live with my grandmother, who had accepted to receive me. She thought at the time that it would be just for maybe a few months, you know. Nobody thought the war would last till <laughs> the 70s, right? So... Um, preparation was made and I was supposed to leave at a certain date and just before I was supposed to fly out my um, father was asked if my seat could be taken by a military man whose wife was very very ill in France so he had to return right away so of course my dad said no problem so I was uh, put into the next plane well the first plane crashed over the Dubai area in the sea. And I don't think anybody survived. I was on the second plane. And when it landed in Paris, there was an announcement that the following plane had crashed. So I went between two planes, basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there are a lot of unknown, but my dad, who was there at the time, said that there were some ordinary things happening at the government with money, etc. So there was there was a, a survey done, and um, those there were some people who did not want um, those documents to go back to France. So it's possible that the, the, there was a bomb on the plane. Yeah. So it's a possibility. I tried, I went on the internet, tried to look, nothing is said. Right. So I, I suppose right. it's still something very hidden. But anyway, I went in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that was, uh, that I always heard, which didn't mean anything back then, oh, she's really protected, her guardian angel is with her. I mean, I heard that from the villagers, you know, who were talking to um, about me. So that, that's, that definitely started me. And then afterwards, there were so many things happening my way. I didn't know, you know, there are things that two things, oh, I choose this one, or I choose that one, or um, I would say yes to things that were appealing. For instance, I really thought of, oh, it would be so nice to be a model. Well, <laughs> you know, at 5'3", five, 5'4", five, forget it, right? Um, but, you know, fine. Some people said I should, but I said, I'm too small. And then I had the opportunity to meet somebody who said, oh, I know the, 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 the director, the owner of the best modeling school in Germany. It happens to be in Munich, and we live near Munich. I can introduce you to her. Why not? Yeah, sure. Oh, God, what did I say? Yes. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> so we went to meet her. She liked me. She said, oh, I'd like to see you again. Uh, can you come back with pictures? 
professional pictures, and then I want to see how you walk on a on a runway or pose for photos. Okay, I was, God, how do I do that? <laughs> no internet, nothing, so I had to figure things out and try in front of a mirror. You know? <laughs> anyway, I went back. She liked me, and just then she said, "Oh." Uh, every year I have a beauty contest for the best models around Germany and three from each school. I want you to put, I want to put you in my school. Can you represent my school? I said, oh yeah, sure. I was, oh God, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> but I had to do it. And then still, uh, well, the first uh, show was to select 15 out of 50. So it was in the morning. I was among the 15. I was, oh my God, how did I do that? And I looked at all the girls, tall, beautiful. I went, what am I doing here? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the, after, the evening was a big gala. I was in the casino, it was huge. And so I walked. I was a bit nervous, but you know, I was doing my stuff and suddenly I passed by two tables, long tables. People got up and booed me and were saying words in English I could not understand. I was what's going on? Uh, I remember coming back, my knees were trembling. My, my smile was a little bit stiff. I was, what's going on? So. I went into the dressing room. The girl said, oh, these are Americans, probably from bases, you know, in Bavaria. Right. And I, suddenly it occurred to me that I was told to use an Asian name. And they presented me as from Hanoi. Yes. Two tables of American officers. Yeah. You know, they, they, they had to blend fashion, beauty, and, and, and war. I had no clue. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what happened. But I finished. I was number five, and I had the next day phone calls for a movie, which I turned down because I, I didn't feel that it was something. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was to have work for two weeks every month, run uh, on runways, traveling, and so I said okay. And the first time I, I did a fashion show, I still didn't know too well what to do. So I remember they gave me clothes that were a bit too big. So that's how I learned to walk this way. <laughs> on my hip, right here. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, it's not uh, because I, I learned, it's because I had to hold my skirt. <laughs> Um, I, I I'm just going to throw this know, in. It worked. Uh, yeah. What am yeah. I doing here? You know, I, I yeah. just knock at the at the door or anything. So, and and it's one thing after the other after the other throughout my life. Yes. Always the opportunities and and yeah. it did. So I never questioned much, and I'm sure there are lots of people out there like me, but. I could have done better if I had known where to knock, whom to contact. And that's why I'm telling your audience, it's good to learn how to be able to see, recognize, interpret, and use the signs 
to your advantage because they are there to help you and nobody is forcing you we are never forced we always have our, our own will but we have several choices oftentimes and one of them might be the right one yeah I I want to uh, I'm going to throw this in and then I'm going to ask you a, a, a another question um so I I lived in Saudi Arabia for uh, almost nine years and taught music and played the piano for everything and during that time um I was spotted by somebody <laughs> when I was at a flea market wearing an abaya and I ended up being a model for uh this woman from France who is doing Chanel fashions and I'm oh, five wow. four yeah I'm five four so I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> so I'm just laughing at your story going who does that well apparently you and I so if those sorts of things can come in from somewhere these are signs and synchronicities and like you say I also at that time was not as connected with knowing how to really harness all this and your book really puts people in a direction of beginning to pay attention to the signs and synchronicities so we're we don't have a whole lot of time left in the show but I'd love for you to share uh, about becoming a healer okay becoming a healer was supposed it's something I was supposed to do but two times in my life it was offered it came to me by the healer I would see every year or maybe twice a year um, and he said you should follow my steps I said oh thank you you know I thought it was uh, wonderful but I did not believe in myself as much and one thing too that scared me tremendously was the fact that my grandmother had that capability but I have seen her use it in bad ways and that was very scary to me because I feel I felt that well maybe I'll be the same I'll learn and then I'll be tempted or I will use you know things I know to do bad things for instance one time she called me I had not seen pictures of my grandfather he was still alive at the time but I never met him and she called me and she had that a, a laugh that is scary oh. and she said look at that picture of all kinds of bad names and then she took a pair of scissors started cutting pieces of him and each time she had that horrible laugh it would go through my whole body oh, it was horrible yeah. and then she took needles she pierced his eyes etc and and other things that were not clean to me as a child even though we don't know better I think we come equipped with a compass that tells us what's wrong and what's right and yes. that felt very very wrong to me so it scared me later on when you know somebody mentioned that however because I grew up in a house the first house down the street was a healer and he and his wife were kind to me so sometimes I would go visit them and I would sit on the ground in their kitchen because that's that's where they would he would heal and it was done in a way that I keep even now I don't want to do healing for money he was not doing that People at that time were healers, but, um, you know, clients would come and bring a bottle of wine or uh, um, 
a box of, of uh, vegetables, maybe your chickens, things like that. I, I never saw any money. He would not touch people. He would just impose his hand, which I do. And um, it was at his kitchen table. They would sit there. And if he had to, one time he had to put a bone back. I mean, the shoulder bone, ooh, it was terrible. But he simply used some oil from the kitchen, you know, put it on the shoulder, rubbed a little bit, put put a, a, a towel in, in the, the man's mouth. Yeah. But you, you couldn't scream that word. And then I heard, <laughs> and the shoulder was back in the place. <laughs> so that, that's that's what I would see. It was just natural. And that was good because on one hand, there was my grandmother that was scaring me. On the other hand, it's part of life. It's natural. Don't make it a big deal. You know, we all have more or less disability. Don't make it so extraordinary that it's not accessible. Yeah. And thank for that because the third time I was contacted, I knew. Yeah. And I decided to become a healer. Yeah. So, yeah. and I was ready, I suppose before, because I still had anger, you see, yeah. in me. I suppose at that time, it was good for me not to learn certain things because I could have used that in a wrong way. Right. So, so I, I think I was not ready. Yeah. So I'm interrupting just because we have about a minute left, believe it or not. We, we need another hour for sure. Um, but I want to just ask you this question. When you decided to become a healer, how old were you? I was about uh, 50. Around 50. So yep. everybody listening, it's not too late if you feel no. a calling. Yeah. And then no, very, I, I, yeah. And I'm 74 and I'm on, ah. a, on a new path. I'm on a new path. Yay. <laughs> so um, final last words in the last 15 seconds, right? The last 30 seconds. What What do you really want people to get? from your book, what do you really want to say to them? Very quick. Realize that you are never alone. You can always ask help and there are ways to do that. So I explain all that in my book. I explain exercises to, to, to do so you can reopen to the abundance that is offered to us on a daily basis. Yeah. And it will make your life much richer and happier. Lillian Fortna, thank you so much. Please check out Winks from Above. And also, this is an award-winning book. Very, very quickly, it's won, I don't know, three silvers, two golds, 85 bronzes, whatever. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. Lillian Fortna, blessings to you, to everybody out there. Be careful under the full moon. <laughs> and dance in the woods will be just fine. Thank you, Benny. You're the best. <laughs>